Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. The weather is so nice outside. Stunning. Um, Stunting. I, this is the only time I really like being on the East Coast is when it's like mid-season. It's like when it's LA weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like not humid, hot, yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> Getting into like the fall vibes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, hey guys, I'm Brian. Hey, I'm Shane. And you're listening to Fruit Snacks. Let's just jump right into oh. this episode. Oh, dang, I uh, steamrolled right over that right tongue over pop. Right over that tongue pop. Tongue pop. Do it again for us. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Fruit fly, don't bother me. So continuing on with <laughs> our fruit fly um, four-part saga, this is part three. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you choose. Let's, I want to jump back to first class. Okay. I'm going like forward, back, forward, back. Okay. So, um, well, both of these are first class, these next two fruit oh, really? flies. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you're just tuning in, um, the past two episodes, I was like sharing with Shane two passengers that were awful. Mind you, this is still all part of the same flight, LA to New York. Um, this is why it was so hectic, this flight. But if you want to catch the other two, just listen to the two previous episodes. Huh. If you're knowing what we're talking about, just as a recap, we had the one passenger who got pissed because I was letting people use a first class bathroom. And then we have the second passenger who um, thought we skipped them, but really. <laughs> They were just asleep. So now I'm going to let you choose the next two. It's okay. um, one we're going to title first class meal option or two app download. Uh, mm, let's do first class meal option. Okay, first class meal option. So again, we're flying from LA to JFK. Um, so what happened with this is that the passenger, um, we only have so many food options, right? Usually yeah. there's two options, one being a vegetarian, still very good, but one being a vegetarian option and the other having a whole bunch of meat in it. And usually the vegetarian option, a lot of times it will come with meat, but if they're vegetarian, you can substitute the meat and just not put it on the plate. Mm. And mind you, the it's still a full rounded meal, yeah. so it's fine. Um, the two options this this time was what were what were the options? Um, beef oh. with a side of um, mashed potatoes and carrots. Beef on a plane sounds so gross to me. It actually is really good. I had it. It's really good. <sighs> and then the other option was a butternut squash, butternut squash enchilada casserole. Yum. Really? Yum. Everyone thought the same, and I was like, "Ew, a casserole on the plane sounds disgusting." But the butternut that's, like, that's meant to just be heated in and Yeah, oven. it's true. But the butternut squash part, everyone was like, ooh, every yeah. time I said it, right? They're like, what kind of casserole? I was like, butternut squash. And when I know, when I think one is going to be more popular than the other, I try to like sell it, right? Yeah. And I thought the beef was going to be more popular, so I was trying to sell the casserole. <laughs> Little did I know, everyone wanted the casserole. So on this flight, like I said earlier, there were 16 in first class. That's four in each row. I'm so just painting the picture of how this went. I I get on the plane and I'm like, hi, my name is um, Weaver. 
I'm going to be taking care of you guys on the way to the East Coast. On today's um, flight option, we have two meal options. One's going to be a beef, and then I explain what's part of it. And then the other's going to be a butternut squash casserole, and I explain what's part, like what's in that. And then I say, just to keep in mind, I only have about half of each. So as I'm taking orders, I take orders from front to back. Know that um, you might need a second option in your head because I might not have your first option. And if yeah. you're flexible, please let me know because that helps me out. And um, again, once we wrap up, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys have a, do you always do front to back? Uh, to, I do. Okay. I do, yeah. Because it gets policy for us on even number flights to do forward back and uh-huh. on odd number flights do back forward. Oh, no way. Because we have like a lot of our first class passengers will always try to, not a lot, but a good amount of first class passengers on us will consistently fly first class. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them consistently try to pick the same seat. So like if somebody really likes four Bravo uh-huh. in an effort to like make sure that they're not always Give getting the, the last, last choice. Yeah. Um, we try to switch it up that way. I see. Yeah. We usually what I do is like, um, say if like we take orders front to back, I'll start serving back to front. Mm. So those people mm-hmm. get their drinks first or, yeah. um, like when we have a snack basket, I'll let them get first choice of snack mm-hmm. or just to break it down. Like if there's any other options yeah. throughout the flight, but I, I just do front to back. Cause I feel like most people who fly often on us too know to sit towards the front yeah. to get their first option. So. As I'm taking orders, I go D and F, then A and C. So I go the Uh, left to the right, then jump one row back, left, right. Then when I got to the third row, I just went right, left. It wasn't purposeful. It wasn't deliberate. I was just like kind of writing as I was walking. I was like, hi, how are we doing on this side? Can I get you guys something to drink? And then I write the drink. I'm like, so what are we going to do? Right. So I get to the third row and I'm like, hey, guys. Okay, so all I have is one casserole left. So if you guys um, want that, I still have all beef, but if you want casserole, just know that I only have one. So then the person in the window is like, oh, I'll take the casserole. And uh, the person next to uh, her, the person next to her was like, oh, I'll take the beef. They were traveling together. We're like, we'll just do one each. I was like, no problem. So then I go to the other side and I'm like, hey, just to let you know, all we have is the beef left, uh, but can I get you something to drink? And the guy looks at me. He's like, are you joking? This is ridiculous. He's like, you went left, right, left, right, and now you went right, left. Had you come to us first like you did with every other row, that would have been our casserole. I don't understand why you didn't come to us first. It's ridiculous. And I was like, something to drink? (laughs) Literally didn't. I literally just like stared him dead, deadpan in the face as he's saying this to me. And then he like, right after he ends without missing a beat, I just go something to drink because <laughs> i like what do you want me to do right, sir yeah. i i didn't do it on purpose i didn't i didn't realize you wanted the casserole. You knew he wanted the casserole exactly yeah and i didn't even want to be like oh my god so sorry blah, blah 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 and then um he's like okay well i want a bloody mary and then she orders champagne and red wine and i was like okay so are we gonna have dinner or not because <laughs> i was like i'm not even trying yeah. to ask do you want the beef because i know if i ever like is the beef okay he can be like no i want right. so yeah. i was like so are we gonna have dinner or no dinner tonight and he's like yeah dinner's fine beef beef right they both wanted beef and i was like and just to you know go one step further i was like hey and just to let you guys know since this does happen when you check up on when you check in on the app you can actually re- pre-reserve your yeah. meal so if everyone on first class wanted the casserole they would put all casserole on mm-hmm. but you just have to do that on the app prior to getting on board today yeah you just got to do it 12 hours before the flight when most cases if you have the app it'll remind you 24 hours in advance and it'll mm-hmm. literally tell you hey pre-order your meal right because you might run out right and so i explain explain this to him and he's like, well, what am I supposed to know what I want to eat? 
And I was like, oh my God. well, I, I don't know, but it keeps you from running into this scenario. Yeah. And I just walk away and I'm like, you know, and I get to the back row and I'm like, is beef okay back here? And everyone's like, yeah, beef is great. Like whatever. Like most cases, everyone's fine with yeah. it. But I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck? And this is all like the same flight. So I'm just like, this is, I like, I can't, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> and here's the kicker. Meanwhile, ladies trying to go to the bathroom. Literally trying to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and here's the kicker. Um, nobody ate the casserole. <laughs> really? Straight up. No one ate the casserole. Why? Yeah. It wasn't good? I guess not. Oh, fuck. Here's the thing too. So I think the casserole was supposed to come in a bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't supply bowls for me. Like you cook it in a different um, kind of container, yeah. but then you transfer it over when you're plating it. You're supposed to layer the rice at the bottom of the bowl, then put the casserole on top, then put this cream sauce, um, some like chili flakes, all this other crap, and then garnish it with like um, some sort of cabbage slaw. Mm-hmm. But all they gave me were plates. So I had to like match, like I, I try to make it as like delectable as possible, yeah. but like it was like a casserole gets a little bit sloppy, which yeah. is why it was like in a bowl. But on the plate, I like couldn't put the rice underneath the casserole because the casserole would have spilt over the plate. Yeah. So I put the casserole as neatly as I could on the plate and then like just a mound of rice on the side, but the rice wasn't seasoned without yeah. the casserole. Yeah. So literally no one ate it. Like every single casserole I got back, the furthest someone got was probably three, three quarters of the way through it. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, good thing everyone ordered the beef. And some people didn't even eat. And I, so that's when I tried the beef. And I was like, the beef is where it's at. Damn. The beef is where it's at. (laughs) For this fresh fruit this week, we thought it would be kind of fun um, to talk about travel. And um, just kind of like our expert advice on what we like to carry with us when we travel, where we want to go. What, as passengers. As passengers, not yes. As not attendance. as flight attendants. But I guess both, realistically, because yeah. I take a lot of this stuff with me. These are like the things that like, I'm like, if I'm going anywhere, these are my must-haves in the bag. These are my must-haves on the plane. Yeah. And then this is kind of how I like plan going forward, being flexible. So just jumping right into our travel interests um what are your five must-haves when you're traveling um so this one so my first one that i wrote down i wrote down because on my most previous trip to spain um is my first time traveling that far internationally in Uh a long time Uh and the first three days i didn't poop once (laughs) um so i've I've kind of gotten my body adjusted to traveling a lot, but mm-hmm. because I fly domestic all the time, it's only a matter of like three hours time difference. Right. But because we jumped six hours forward, my body was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. So laxatives is the first thing that I wrote down. <laughs> um, I just take like a, it's called smooth move, but it's a tea. Mm. Um, you have to drink it with like a ton of water because it'll dehydrate you if you just do that and like don't hydrate enough. But um, that's the first thing I wrote down because I was... I felt so uncomfortable the first, like, two and a half, three days that we were there. Um, and I don't like feeling like that. Yeah. Um, the next thing I wrote was um, sleeping aids. Okay. Um, I took on this past trip melatonin. Um, do you I, feel like that helps you? I do. Okay. Um, I can't take too much of it because it'll knock me on my ass the entire following day. Yeah. Um, but I think I just took two 
I, I was looking for like the five milligram pills and I couldn't find them. So I just took two, three milligrams. Yeah. Um, if I took like 10, it would be way too much. But for the I people who don't know six. as well, melatonin's what your body naturally produces for you to go to right. sleep. A lot of flight attendants do carry this while they travel mm-hmm. because it's a good way to like feel tired without like taking something that will knock you on your yeah. ass. Um, if I'm at home, I'll take like NyQuil, but I don't want to travel with NyQuil. Yeah. Um, I can't take melatonin. No? No, my my dreams, oddly enough, get way too vivid. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, yes, I'm asleep, but you know, like, that weird dream state where you're, like, coming in and out of sleep uh-huh. really quickly that you're like, wait, is am I awake? Am I asleep? Yeah. And then things feel, like, too real. And, yeah. yeah, I always get, like, vivid, crazy dreams. I get that. Yeah. The, my first experience with taking melatonin was on cruise ships when I was working mm. on cruise ships. And I remember, I don't know how many milligrams it was, but I took... I guess a lot and I had like super weird dreams and I was just I was exhausted the whole next day yeah um but this trip I was like again because it was six hours I was like let me just take a couple yeah. like smaller milligrams and it worked hmm. um the next thing that I travel with is my iPad um I, obviously I always have my phone with me but I like to download like Netflix things mm. so that I'll always have something to watch either on the plane or in the hotel if I can't sleep um, or just to fall asleep too. Yeah. Um, especially internationally, you don't know what they're going to have on TV. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of gives you a sense of home too. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause a lot of these places when you turn on the TV, you don't even know what language mm-hmm. is going to be Literally. on the TV and yeah. you're just like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Plus, I don't like to rely on a hotel for their, like, computers. So if I have to do anything online while I'm gone, for whatever reason, um, I just like to have that accessible. Um, I I had a manager who, when we first started flying, um, like, when we first got on the line, told us to make a copy of our passport Mm. to always keep in a separate bag from where you keep your actual passport, just in case. And I was like, oh, that's smart. So I made a copy of my passport and I just have that folded up like in a little pocket. Yeah, um, that, that is really smart. I should do that. Yeah, typically I'll keep that in like my suitcase and I'll put my passport in the safe. Mm. And like, God forbid the safe were broken into, I would have like just a copy. Um, and then to kind of like link up with that, the fifth thing, uh, on the last day of being in Spain, Edward said, oh my God, you know what? We never looked up. And I was like, what? And he's like, we never checked out where the American embassy was. And I was like, so? Uh, thinking, like, he wanted to go visit. Yeah. And he was like, I always look up where the American embassy is. And I was like, why? And he's like, because if anything happens, that's, like, a safe haven for us. And I was True. like, oh, I never thought about that. Especially now with, unfortunately, with, like, bombings and, right. you know, um, just terrorist kind of attacks. Um, it's good to know where that safe place is yeah. for you. Um so that is something that I have never done, but that I want to start mm. looking up before I go somewhere. Like, let me just see how far it is from where I'm right. staying or like how I would get there. Yeah, I love that your top five is like crisis management. <laughs> My top five is literally comfort. <laughs> like just to make me feel comfortable. <laughs> but your top five legit is like crisis yeah. management if the well, world were going under. Yeah, but like the laxatives are more for my comfort <laughs> and sleep because I'm miserable when I don't sleep. That or is poop. so good. <laughs> some of those um, top fives do cross over onto my list mm. so my number one like you fiber pills <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like um, laxatives because I don't want to feel the need to go poop right, but right. I do want stuff in my body that will keep the flow For going sure. um, 
as flight attendants, the altitude will expand your gut mm -hmm. and deflate it as you go up and down a lot. And a lot of times, like, I feel like your bowel movement just gets stuck. Yeah. But when I um, take fiber pills, like, I just get, I go to Costco, they sell, like, fiber supplements mm -hmm. in pill form. Um, like, I think it's, like, 600 pills for, like, 12 bucks. Oh and God. I literally take... Anytime I right before I go to bed, I just pop in six in the, in the morning. Six, yeah, six. You can take up, you can take more than that, but I just pop six at a time. And then when when I wake up, right when I have my coffee, it's like ready to go. One long thing, and it's usually like no wipe poops. I where, love that. I mean, I do wipe, you but know it like but when out. you wipe, yeah. like there's nothing there. So fiber pills, and um, this is all tied together. But I travel with this thing called Go Stack. I think uh, the blender bottle shaker mm -hmm. um, company makes it, oh. but it's just like a stackable little container thing mm -hmm. that um, has like pills in it, or not pills, but people usually put snacks in it, right? Like uh -huh. carrot sticks, this and that. And it's just an easy way to travel, but I use it as like a pill case. Mm. So I have like ibuprofen, um, Gas X, uh -huh. fiber pills, little things like that. Um, not things that I would take daily because I have like a right. prescription pill case for that, yeah. but like just things that I would need if like I had a headache and stuff like that. That's so right. I always try. What's it called? Ghost Stack. Ghost we'll take a picture of it. Yeah. If you'd like to uh, sponsor us, Ghost Stack. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that was like a super, super big thing that I um, travel with. Um, number two for me is skin products. Mm -hmm. I have sensitive skin, so. I, it's, it goes beyond saying like just like toiletries because yeah. I feel like obviously you want to travel with toiletries but I like to travel with like skin products that vary within whatever region or um, climate I'm in because being on the plane it's like a dry desert oh God, so I try to bring a lot of stuff that's like heavy moisturizing yeah. um, even though I have oily skin I feel like the heavier the moisturizer the better my skin does because my skin will overproduce oil when it feels like it's drying out and it mm -hmm. tends to do that on the plane so before I even get on the plane I'll do like a heavy intense moisturizing cream like from First Aid Beauty their Ultra Repair or like a serum from First Aid Beauty but then like if I'm like um, in California California or somewhere where it's like day to day it's not that it's like dry but like or even in Thailand when I was like it was like super humid yeah. all I did was do the hydrogel boost from mm -hmm. Neutrogena and it has hyaluronic acid in it which sucks water out of the air yeah. and hydrates your skin so in humid climates that was better than the intense moisturizer because it didn't feel like it was sitting on my skin mm -hmm. but my skin products are important because I do have sensitive skin and a lot of times especially in the hot climates I get heat rashes so I want stuff that like kind of can lend itself yeah. to both climates so I travel a lot with that do you also in your i know you do as a flight attendant but in your free time do you travel with your own like soap always yeah yeah i always travel with my own body wash dove because it's super mild same with like shampoo even though i'm bald <laughs> it's funny i stopped at soap because i was like i don't think you would shampoo but i do i um, hardly ever use anything that the hotel provides or yeah. like your airbnb because i feel like a lot of it's it generic you. and exactly super stripping yeah and i don't want to strip my natural oils because i feel like that's when like my skin starts to react because mm -hmm. the barrier is like disrupted i yep. want to keep it healthy natural glowing yeah um number three for me no matter where i am flying to i always bring a sweater Always, always, mm -hmm. always, always, always bring a sweater. Because I know on the plane, a lot of times it gets really chilly. Yeah. Um, but even at night, a lot of times it's nice to um, have a sweater. Even when I'm out in like humid climates, I'll bring For it sure. just in case. But it also doubles as like a pillow mm -hmm. or like a neck pillow. Um, I'll like roll it up and use it on the plane to sleep because I feel like that 
has always been a super helpful thing. And honestly, I've been in situations where I like spilled something and I needed something to wipe it up. So I used my sweater. Ew. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it would be like water or whatever. Yeah. Like if it was like shit or something, I wouldn't like do it. But it's like I use it for like versatility reasons, but always a sweater. And I don't know how many times I've been on a plane, especially like people coming back from Hawaii and stuff. And they're like, it's freezing. Do you have blankets? Yeah, no. And you're like, no, <laughs> like plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number four is um, a bandana. I always travel with a bandana. I know that sounds so weird, but I think bandanas are so versatile. Um, again, especially traveling to like humid climates. I would always, uh, like when I was in Thailand, I would take the bandana, wet it in the morning, and then tie it around my neck. So it helped me stay cool. And then when I was in the sun, I would put it over my head and then wear a hat over it so it protected my neck. As well as like a sweat wipe. Um, And then um, one time I was hiking and someone fell and they cut themselves and I used it as like a tourniquet like to like stop the bleeding. It's been super versatile. Yeah, so I always... nice of you because if I had a wet bandana around my neck and somebody was bleeding, I would be like... "Mm." Yeah, you're like, damn, you should have brought your Let bandana. Me find some <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always uh, travel with the bandana because I think it's like super versatile. Yeah, I know no, it's that's smart. It's random, but it, I use I it a lot. I don't think of that. And then, well, you're the super cri- crisis management. Yeah, I have a bandana, but if we were getting bombed, I wouldn't know where the U.S. Embassy is. <laughs> and there goes my passport. <laughs> I show up to the airport. All I have is a bandana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then um, the last thing that I think is a must-have, there's obviously more than five, but the top five that I would say, this last thing is a Hydro Flask Mm -hmm. slash a reusable bottle. Um, I don't know how many times I've saved so much money in the airport just refilling my water. Mm -hmm. Granted, um, know if it's a filtered water kind of situation. Most airports, the water is pretty clean because, you know, in some countries you can't drink the water. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a good way to, one, reduce plastic. Um plastic use but also it just saves you money yeah i just don't under like this is also a complaint as a flight attendant i just don't understand why more people don't bring through even if it's a plastic water bottle just an empty bottle to fill up all these people come on the plane and they're like i need to take my pill and Uh i'm like well you knew you needed to take your pill like what if i literally had no access to water right now you would have to wait exactly like just bring on like even if it's a tiny bottle to last you until we're up in the air i just think that's so smart to bring water no matter what yeah yeah because yeah. you can bring I think people register any sort of bottle as not being able to be taken through security right. but it's like if that bottle is empty you can you bring can it through it. Yeah. yeah yeah so I always travel with yeah, the bottle that's smart thanks um, so now that we know what we bring before the flight what are your three things that you absolutely need on the plane to keep you comfortable and like situated yeah. um, so actually I'm going to start with what you just left off with okay. I always like to have my own water on the plane mm. Um, this last trip I brought, uh, I had an empty liter plastic water bottle that I filled up, but I also had a, um, like a reusable, um, not a hydro flask, but like a stainless steel like yeah. water bottle, but it's, I think it's half a liter. So I knew flying over this cause I don't like airplane water. Um, I'll drink it if I have to, but I just don't like. I prefer not to drink yeah. it. Yeah. So if I you're gonna had, if you're gonna drink airplane water, side note, as flat tennis, make sure it's like hot, like hot coffee or hot tea. Oh, sorry, I just meant even like Dasani. Oh, like most I see. airplanes carry Dasani, and I just don't like it. Sure, sure. But yeah, no, like regular. <laughs> do not drink out of the sinks on an airplane. Like, Hell, that's no. so gross. Um, but I knew like on this trip, I had a liter and a half of my own water, uh-huh. and in. Uh, in like relation to that I also always like to eat before I get on the plane because if I get on and 
all I can eat is like beef. Yeah. I'm not here for it. Yeah. Um, but I like to know that I can like dip into snacks if I need to, but I like to eat like a meal yeah. beforehand. And again, you can bring food through security. So I'll bring my own food. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some like weird restrictions on food. Like one time I tried to bring through uh, bagels and cream cheese and they made me throw out the cream cheese. But she was like, you can bring it through if it's on the bagel. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, it has to be on the bagel. You can't bring through like a thing of cream cheese or like peanut butter. Uh, and I was like, okay, well then can I have it? And I'll put it on. And she's like, you have to go back through security. And I was like, throw it away. Like, yeah. no. So there are like weird restrictions, but it, in essence, you can pretty much bring through like any heavy, like solid foods. Right. Um, again, like taking one of yours, I always have a sweatshirt with me on the plane because... Mm. I don't, working for airlines, I don't trust that I'm always going to have access to a blanket. And even if I do, some blankets are super thin. Yeah. And they're just not going to do what I want them to do. Um, Like our entire eight and a half hour flight home from Barcelona, I was in my sweatshirt. Yeah. um, With the blanket over my legs. You know what I do with sweaters, which I like to bring too? I usually never put it on my body, but what I'll do is act like I'm putting, I'm about to put it on and put my hands through the sleeves, Mm. but then just leave it like that. Mm. Because I feel like when you sit in the middle or when you're sitting in a seat, sleeping, standing, uh, sitting up, it's hard because you're, you feel like you need to lean or like your arms Mm. need to go somewhere. But when they're stuck in the sweater, it feels like you're being coddled. Almost like a straight jacket. (laughs) Kind of. And I feel like it's easier to sleep because your, your limbs aren't falling over. They're just like contained. And honestly pro tip travel tip here try it i swear you'll sleep so much better just putting your arms in the sweater so that they're contained but not putting the sweater on interesting yeah because you know, like when you're sleeping sometimes you'll cross your arms mm-hmm. but then they fall they and fall, all that yeah. just put them in your sweater and they'll contain them and then it's so comfortable that's really good yeah um and then this last one is also a new one for me um so like on my airline from the east coast we typically always fly through the night to Mm -hmm. foreign destinations and again like a lot of these i'll bring a lot of these on domestic flights as well but a lot of this is for international Mm -hmm. um but an eye mask Mm. i didn't realize like how much that will like wake me up and cause me to just like not sleep at all in a plane Mm because they have to turn on lights during service and um, if you're on an international, that's like two services. So you're only sleeping for like two hours. Yeah. So I just, again, I don't trust that the airlines are going to provide that for me. So I'll bring my own. Um, like on the way there, Edward had one cause we pass them out to main cabin on international flights, but mm-hmm. his like snapped right away. And because he's dating a flight attendant, he doesn't like to ask for too much. So he didn't ask for a new one and he just didn't have one. So every time they flipped on the lights or somebody walked by or someone like put on their flashlight, like he woke up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just something new that I realized helps me kind of sleep through a lot. Mm -hmm. Because if I have my earplugs in, like if I'm listening to like my phone or watching a movie, um, that kind of takes care of sound for me. But I like to have something over my face. Yeah. I would agree. Those are all great. (laughs) Yeah. Because... When I think about your list, I'm like, yeah, all of those I like to have mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, for me, my my three top things that I would want um, and I usually prepare for for every flight. First one is to pre-download all my podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like watching movies, but a lot of times like when I was traveling within countries when I was away, because it was such a short flight, a lot of the planes didn't have Don't TVs have or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, like, because it's in languages I don't speak, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So, um, listening to podcasts was, like, a great thing. Um, 
a lot of the ones that I like to listen to are kind of like transformative ones. So mm-hmm. like TED Talks by yeah, NPR yeah. or like, um, um, what is it? Small Leaps, Big Changes. Uh-huh. Just like, are like Oprah's Super Souls where yeah. I feel like I'm like living, a, like eat, pray, love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like getting a really wholesome like learning experience because uh-huh. I feel super inspired usually when I travel. Yeah. Um, so always podcasts or like podcasts like Fruit Snacks is always a great one. Right, download us. Um, which is funny because a lot of people who do travel do tell me like, oh my God, I was on a flight mm. and I was listening to this episode, X, <laughs> Y, and Z. So podcast, pre-download your podcast. It makes it go so fast because you listen to one hour and it doesn't feel like an mm-hmm. hour. And honestly, I listen to podcasts in the gym too. I do too because, when I work out. Yeah, yeah, like especially when you're running, it's like you don't realize how long how you're long, going. Yeah. But when it's like... A song? a song you're like oh fuck i still have like seven more songs exactly done with it. exactly yeah. and then your brain starts rewiring like uh-huh. just three more minutes after this song right and four yeah. more songs till i'm done and <laughs> da, da, da. yeah um so, have yeah. you heard of the calm app no calm actually i think is now partnered with a lot of the airport spas mm. like if you look where it says like express spa or whatever uh-huh. on each side of it there's um like a little logo and it's their the logo on their app okay. um, but it just says calm on it um, Sam Smith just partnered with, with them. But essentially, uh, you can choose like um, soundscapes. You can choose like bedtime stories. You can choose horoscope readings. Cool. Um, but it's just like all meant to be super soothing. And they have so many different options. I love that. Um, you do have to pay for it, but I think it's like 50 or 60 bucks for a year. Um, but you can download everything. I see. So that like if you are traveling or um, if you just need to like help if you need help falling asleep at night, Mm. it's just like soothing to listen Mm -hmm, to. mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Podcasts, anything audio, download it. Yeah. Um, Number two, kind of random, but I realize I do always leave this in my travel bag because I usually take the same bags with me when I travel and I never take essentials out of my bag if I don't need them at home. Uh I always travel with the deck of cards. Mm. Um, Usually I have like a normal deck of playing cards because I feel like you can have an ample amount of different games to play. But um, over the course of the past few years, I've left a uh, deck of phase 10 in my bag. Um, Partially because like on red eyes when we're working, it gets really boring Uh because everyone's asleep. So we'll play phase 10 and between every round, whoever dealt that round has to go through the cabin as we're getting the the next round. That's matched cute. up yeah so we'll play in the back and then as we go to the front people whoever's the dealer will go to the front check on first class see if they need <laughs> refills walk through the cabin pick up trash and then by the time they get to the back we're ready to play yeah. another round That's but cute. even still like as a passenger like especially when you're traveling with the group and mm-hmm. if you're sitting together um i know when i was in thailand me and amber played phase 10 on every flight that we took we took mm. quite a lot and both of us were listening to our own podcast while we were playing and it was like a quick way to get the time going because yeah we were on a flight for 17 and a half hours, so oh, we needed a lot of time to kill. Yeah, that was our longest one there Oof. and back. So a deck of cards just to keep you busy. Yeah. Um, and then my last thing, um, kind of like what Shane said, to be pre-prepared, uh, pre um, is some sort of like dry fruit that you can travel with, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be a protein bar or trail mix. Usually I try to leave a snack that doesn't spoil in my bag. Yeah. So if like worst case scenario, I am hungry, I can just pop that out and eat it because yeah. a lot of times like when I was going to Tokyo I was on um, I think Air China mm. and um, I don't want to say that their food was shit but their food was shit <laughs> um, I you know me bitch like I will stick anything in my mouth yeah. if I'm hungry I don't give a fuck yeah. like I literally am not a picky eater at all 
So they're like chicken and rice or beef and noodle. And I was like, I don't trust beef. So let's try the chicken and rice. They gave us, you know, like um, the Boulon seasoning where it's like a little cube that you drop in water and it makes it a broth. That's how big the chicken was. Oh, why am I using that as like a reference point? A size of a dice. Oh my god. <laughs> one piece of dice. Like that that literally one chicken dice. Chicken dice. And then they had like a whole fucking tray of rice, white steamed rice, which was yeah. fine. But then they layered the rice with like this like gelatin. It felt like Ew. fatty sauce. Like Yeah, like a know, gravy kind of. Kind of gravy, but like when it curds. Yeah. But it looked like mucus. Like it was like a Ew. dark yellowy brown translucent color. And then a piece of chicken. And I was like, what the fuck? So I was like, you know what, whatever. Like, I'm sure it's like a salty, savory sauce. Yeah. Nah. I don't know what the fuck that shit was, but disgusting. And then I put the loaf in my mouth, the bread loaf. And uh-huh. it you could tell that the bread wasn't wrapped, one, before they put it on your plate because it tasted like jet fuel. Ew. You know how bread soaks up, like, whatever yeah. the air is around it? Like, sometimes in the Ew. fridge, you'll suck up, like, whatever, the straw, like, garlic or whatever. Uh-huh. It sucked up all the jet fuel. I was like, what is this shit? And then I didn't eat the the salad because I was like, I don't trust it. Because yeah. I feel like anytime you're, like, overseas, uh-huh. um, if they wash the produce in, in their water, water. you'll yeah. have diarrhea 100% of the time. <laughs> so literally couldn't eat any of it. Yeah. Um, I try to, like, scrape off all, like, the juiciness mm-hmm. of the, the, the mucus sauce to eat the <laughs> just the rice. But it was, like, not enough because it was, like, smothered in it. And I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, so it's always smart to travel with like your own mm-hmm. food that you know do you want to eat it no but you know that'll be satisfying yeah and it'll do its job i don't know if you said dried food or fruit but i do like the idea of dried fruit um just be be aware of where you're traveling with that though because a lot of places oh i won't. assume like if you bring that you would finish it before you got, got it, there got yeah, it. yeah um but i say dried fruit because i feel like on planes <clears throat> especially like as a flight attendant I realize if I've been snacking on the plane all day, I'm just eating, like, dry, crunchy food all day. All day. And it's just... That's not what I want to eat all day. Yeah. I don't want to eat, like, wheat thins and Cheez-Its and uh-huh. all that stuff through my entire day. So the idea of, like... If you think, like, apricots... Apricots or... Um, I got really into, like, the flash-frozen fruits. Mm. So it, like, holds all the nutrients. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, more of a dried good, but you're at least getting the nutrients of, like, right. a fruit rather right. than just... A cracker or right. a chip. Or like protein shakes, which are good to carry with. Oh, with yeah, because you can bring protein. The fuel. powder. Yeah, yeah and you then just if you have water. water, it's you got a meal. Mm-hmm. So little things like that. Yeah. Um, so moving on, now that we're prepared to travel, let's move on to actually traveling. Cool. So um, just let, tell the listener, listeners what have been your like top three favorite places you've traveled to. It doesn't have to be, like, the best places you traveled to, yeah. but just, like, maybe why they were one of your favorite places, yeah. So, um, my first one that I always go to was actually my first time traveling abroad, mm-hmm. and it was Paris. Mm. Um, this was after my roughest breakup, um, and I had a friend who I became really close with after that breakup who did a Disney contract in Paris, and he's like, come visit me, like, you'll obviously have a place to stay, blah, blah, blah. So I went for 11 days and I just like, again, it was my first time abroad and I was like, I fell so in love with that city because it was everything I wanted it to be and more. Um, But I also loved that I didn't make any plans. Mm -hmm. So being there, I just got to like experience it without Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, no, I need to do this and I have to wake up and go here. And Mm -hmm. um, it was just like so beautiful. And I've actually been like really wanting to go back because I haven't been back since. Mm. Um, I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Let's ba- let's bounce back and forth. Okay. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Just to mix up the flow. Yeah. Um, 
it's funny that you say Paris is like one of your top because having been to Paris and when I lived in Germany, we used to go to Paris like over the weekend a lot of the time. And Paris was never that special to me. Really? Yeah, I get the beauty behind it, but yep. for whatever reason, it's not like anything great I just or loved, luxe to me. Like my friend Kyle would would like stop us, would like stop me as we were walking down the street, and he would turn around, and he'd be like, "Look." And I remember the first time he told me to look, I was like looking, and he's like, "Doesn't it look like every city in Paris was made to look like the most beautiful, or every street in Paris was made to look like the most beautiful street?" So true. And I was like. Yeah, and it's every so time true. we would like stop and turn around at the end of a street, I was like, it really looks like the most beautiful street I've ever been yeah. on. Um, and that's, I think, what I appreciate yeah. about it. And he was telling me about all of the like laws and regulations that they have in place in terms of building new architecture and buildings and preserving their buildings. Mm-hmm. They want to keep it all that same... Parisian feel. Yeah. Um, and I really respected that about them because I feel like in America we're all about tearing down to build something brand new, new and like, bigger yeah. and better and fancier. That always um, runs out and doesn't look yeah. that way over yeah. time. But like Paris keeps that timeless yeah. romance. Yeah. yeah. I will say though that it took me about what this sounds so like pr- privileged, <laughs> which I'm acknowledging, <laughs> but it took me about four times to go to Paris to like understand the beauty. Really? Yeah, it took hmm. me that long. I Don't you just think, like, the language is beautiful? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. again, with the architecture, he was telling me that they would change some words in their language to sound more beautiful as it, like, came out of the mouth. Oh, weird. And I, I love that. I love that, yeah. yeah. I was like, there's just so much thought that goes into that, right. and that's what I appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I like about Europe, too, is it's very easy to... Um, acclimate to the culture where mm-hmm. you don't feel like you need to do anything to totally. enjoy your experience. Yeah. Just like being present and mm-hmm. walking around always feels like enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like I need to do it. You an feel activity. really immersed. Immer- exactly. Yeah. Immersed. Exactly. Um, my number one, I know we talked about this on the podcast, but is Thailand. Mm. That was a really big transformative trip for me. I think just because of where I was at in my yeah. life, as well as like the trip that I was looking to, to experience. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I've talked about it enough on this podcast, but Thailand was amazing just because I feel like um, the amount of money we spent to get the experience yeah. like was amazing mm-hmm. because like we didn't spend a lot of money, but your money goes so far there yeah. that you feel like you're living, living like luxury. luxury. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the people were so nice and it was super safe and it was one of those like low maintenance trips that just worked out. And mm-hmm. I always say this. Um, we always say this is like it was a gift from the universe. Yeah. That's when I really felt like the universe was gifting me, mm. right? Where it was like everything is aligning for me to enjoy this experience yeah. and I had nothing to complain about. And it was like a really big moment in my life to where I was like, damn, I really have nothing to complain mm. about. Like, why can't I carry this energy back home? Yeah. And it's because I was looking for things to be upset about. Mm. And it was really like one of those trips where I was like, Okay, like get a grip, you yeah. know? And so it was re- like a really good experience. So Thailand is like amazing. Yeah. Amazing. What's your number two? Um, I would say like based on experience, Barcelona is my like next favorite city okay. to travel abroad to. And uh, these top two come because I've only been to Europe out of like in outside of the US, I've only been to Europe. I haven't been to any other yeah. countries um, or continents rather. Uh, but there's something about Barcelona, like, again, they have newer architecture, but it is still very reminiscent of, like, older architecture. Mm -hmm. Um, I think their food is delicious, like, everything just, we talked about this last week, like, tastes so fresh, and Mm -hmm. 
yeah, and I think the people there are beautiful. Um, I obviously have like a a taste for Latin <laughs> men, but um, but yeah, I just think, and I can I can squeeze by sometimes with like language. Um, yeah, there's just something I really like about it, and I, and again, like going back to the that like reminiscent feeling of. Barcelona was the first city that I traveled to abroad as a flight attendant. Mm. So it kind of like holds that place where I was like, I got to experience it for the first time. Right. In this like different view than other people did. Right. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Barcelona is another good one. Um, my number two <laughs> is kind of funny. My number two and number three are kind of random. These are going to be like, I know you're going to be like, the fuck? <laughs> Out of all the places I've been. Um, Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Have you done Vancouver yet? That was my number three. Oh, great. <laughs> um, you like Toronto better than uh, Vancouver? Vancouver? Yes, but let me explain why. Um, when I went to Toronto, I was, like, extremely depressed. Mm. Um, this is You're with Cassie, right? Yeah, this yeah. is shortly after I broke my leg, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I went into, like, a deep I depression. Because I, like... What, before my leg, I, like, viewed myself as a certain person, like, active on the stuff. And then when I broke my leg, I was no longer those people. And then yeah. I kind of was like, wait, can I dance anymore? Like, what is this? Da, da, da. Mentally, it was kind of like a mind fuck. And I was like, man, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like, I'm a big proponent of, like, cha- retrain your thinking. Yeah. Like, retrain your brain. I was like, instead of getting upset with what I can't do, let's look at the things I actually can do now that I have the time off. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I can't go to work, so now I have all this free time. Right. So I was like, let me travel. And I was like, I don't care how much it's going to cost, but I need to get my myself out of the funk yeah and i wanted to go to a place that wasn't too crazy too um that didn't need too much planning but still was like a new experience Uh and toronto was like the first thing that Mm. like popped into my head and what is great about toronto is that it feels like new york without the things that i don't like about new york Mm -hmm. right like it's a big city there's a lot to do but there's not like the hustle and bustle where you're like trying to dodge a lot of things it doesn't feel as dirty and I don't feel like the the culture is as rude. Like I feel like yeah. people are really welcoming and it felt really safe. And um, we found an Airbnb on like the 32nd floor of a big, huge sky rise. And one of the, the walls had a complete wall of windows mm. that overlooked um, the body of water there. Oh. I don't know what water it was, yeah, but yeah. the CN tower in yeah. the distance. And um, just everything kind of lined up to be the perfect trip. Cause it was like, it was fall, so it started getting cold. Yeah. All the leaves were orange and brown. And um, Cassie and I went on this trip, and every piece of food we ate was, like, the perfect meal. Mm. Every um, every activity we did was perfect. Like, uh, Wicked was in town, and our friend Jeremy oh, cool. was in it, so we saw it. And then we saw the Book of Mormon. And yeah. then, like, all these things were, like, in town at the same time. Then we went out to the gay area that felt very reminiscent of Long Beach, where it was very mm-hmm. low-key and yeah, chill. Yeah, totally. Um, and then shopping was perfect. And then, um, we rented a car and went out to Niagara Falls for the day. Oh, cool. And that was amazing because I've never seen that. And to be there and see all of that was just like such a cool experience. So Toronto, yeah. it was like my number two. Okay. Yeah. Um, Toronto, well, Vancouver, uh, sorry, Canada, Canadian cities remind me of, um, Chicago a lot. Mm. I can see that. Chicago is like that big city feel, but it's super clean. Yeah. It's definitely more welcoming than New York City. Yeah. Um, have you been to Chicago? I have. Oh, okay. On a layover, but uh, I only like explored the town for maybe 24 hours tops. And okay. I've been there a couple times, but I would love yeah. to go back with you and yeah. like experience it with someone who's from Chicago. Yeah. 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 Um, so what's your, your last pick? I... I... 
told you what my last pick was, and it kind of became this toss-up between... Um, I definitely think I'm leaning more towards what I told you, which is Orlando. Okay. Um, the reasons being... White trash. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, girl, that's your feel. That is my feel, They're bitch. all, like, dirty fingernails. Orlando's number three yeah. for me because I like dirty fingernails. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I, growing up, I went to Orlando every spring break with my family. We would, mm. like, do the Disney World thing. So I have, like, those childhood memories there. But now as an adult, like, our friend Nathan lives there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love visiting him. I've always had, like, such a great time. After my first cruise contract... I went and stayed with him for a month, like, after my contract, and that was just, like, a cool thing to do, and in feeling like, not that I was living there, but I just got to, like, relax into sort of the calmer demeanor Mm -hmm. of what living in Florida is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have those, like, connections to that city, Um, but also San Francisco. I love Mm. going to San Francisco. That was, like, my kind of, like, tie. I think, again, I'm pulling more towards Orlando, but... Knowing you, I th- I feel like you would pull more towards Orlando. Like, yeah. I feel like that feels more authentic. Not yeah. to, like, tell no, no, you yeah. what you need to say, but... Yeah, but yeah. I do love, like, layovers in t- San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I love... Like, when I lived on the West Coast, I loved going up to San Francisco mm-hmm. for, like, the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something beautiful about that city. It's always, like... Sometimes it's almost, like, too chilly, but it's always, like, this good weather... Um, I don't mind rain, so... I feel like for whatever reason, the first word that comes to mind when I think of San Francisco is crisp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you totally. Know? Just like light, airy, crisp. Yeah. 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 Um, Orlando's was a good pick, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and there's like, now as an adult, because Nathan works at Disney, like, I can still kind of connect back to those memories right. where... I used to work at Disney, but yeah. I also grew up going to Disney. And I feel like Orlando is one of those places for you, probably, that like feels like you know what you're getting into mm-hmm. like, every time exactly you know what yeah. i mean like you know this is the experience i'm gonna have i know that this is like almost totally. not, not in your comfort zone but it's almost like going back home it is my comfort zone yeah where you're like i, I yeah. know what to experience i know what i like i know where to go mm-hmm. i know it just feels it's like a retreat almost. a retreat yeah. yeah um i can yeah no orlando's good yeah i like and orlando. it's cheap down there it is cheap. which is nice i don't necessarily like the culture in orlando right no for sure <laughs> but the things that are in orlando definitely make up for it yeah um but like I said earlier, my number three is Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, such a great city. It's such a great city. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I picked two Canadian cities, but maybe I should move to Canada. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's just ease about Vancouver as well. There is. Um, the difference between Vancouver and Toronto, Toronto feels like a city. Vancouver feels like the nature. You get so a city much was nature in, in the nature. Vancouver. Yeah. Um, when I went, it was like with... I've only been to Vancouver on a layover. I've been there a okay. couple of times, but always on a layover. And this one time, it really stuck out to me. Um, I, again, I was traveling with Amber, mm. the one I went to Thailand with. She yeah. really knows how to make a good trip. I'm yeah. not kidding. She plans everything so well. <laughs> but she was like, I want to go into the city. This is what I already researched. la di da da And what we did was go to the suspension bridges. Yeah. And if you're like, uh, in, uh, if, you're, if you work in the airline industry, you get in for free. Mm-hmm. But it's like these suspension bridges that are up above the forest, like, hundreds of feet above and um it's a little bit scary but it's so cool because you get really good picturesque views of the forest as well as like the surrounding area and um a lot of the stores in vancouver i feel like remind me of the stores i used to shop at in europe as Mm -hmm. well as in asia that we don't really get in america so i just remember walking around and shopping and feeling like oh this is good and i feel like like in Southern California, we do have a blend of a lot of cultures, but a lot of our cultures are, like, Hispanic 
mm-hmm. roots or like Asian, Asian roots. roots yeah. um, so a lot of our cuisine kind of comes from that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in Vancouver, um, a lot of cuisine is like Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? And like, um, what, what's another one? Um, like halal kind of food, yeah. like Middle Eastern. Yeah. And I like that take on food as well as like your traditional sense of like For sure. things. And so like the cuisine up there felt very like, um, it just felt light and airy and like good to me too. Yeah. And just the experience we had was like really fun. Yeah. Um, and like, again, like with the weather and things, like it just like felt good. Yeah. It felt really good. So Vancouver was my number three pick that's a really great one i didn't even think about that but we used to on my first cruise contract port out of vancouver once every week for uh-huh. four months uh-huh. um it was like where we would get new passengers and um you can get so much out of vancouver in one day yeah like you said you can go to the suspension bridges in the morning you could do shopping in the afternoon mm-hmm. you could take a bike ride around the parks like on the outskirts of the city yeah and then like grab food familiar food or like new food and yeah head back to the ship and yeah. you would be back in a week yeah. yeah i wouldn't say vancouver is a place to go for more than a weekend no um because there's not that much to do no. but um if you need like a break yeah it's a great place to go because yeah. the air is clean it feels like fresh mm-hmm. it's nice vancouver is great yeah okay so moving on um let's talk about three places that we want to go and okay. maybe like a quick synopsis as to why okay um the first one for me is uh bali Okay. Um, there just seems to be something that's like spiritual about it. Mm-hmm. And also one of those places where you can get a lot for what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there just seems to be this like sense of um, tranquility. Yeah. Calmness. Yeah, that's a good word. A tranquility. Um, and it's like so foreign that you feel very distant and disconnected mm-hmm. from everything else that you're familiar with mm-hmm. um but because of that tranquility you feel very i feel like a lot of people who have been there feel very like comfortable in being there mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you can say all three. Oh, okay <laughs> um so my next one after that would be africa mm-hmm. um obviously i want to do like a safari at some point in my life um but just seeing photos of people who have been to Africa, whether it be like more Northern Africa, like I would really love to go to Morocco mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but also like South Africa, uh, like Cape Town area, it just looks so beautiful. And um, this sounds like so white of me and I know that, but like <clears throat> when you think about something like the Lion King or like this Beyonce's most recent album, how much was inspired from that? that feel that you get and like in uh at long beach state i took an african dance class Mm -hmm. and our teacher had lived in africa for i forgot how many years she lived there but she's there for a long time and she would call out these like traditional african chants and that's what we would dance to and they had live drummers in the class and that i guess again like that sense of spirituality that you Mm -hmm. get from that just felt so um you don't find that anywhere else Mm -hmm. you know um to be one with like earth Mm. i guess Mm -hmm. and like that grounding like even Mm -hmm. in the dance style um growing up a dancer you learn to keep everything pulled up and your posture back and your hips tucked under and your feet you know like pulled together or in releve um, like on your tiptoes basically and in african dance she was like i want you to throw away everything that you've ever known as a dancer right like i want you to be grounded i want your heels on the floor i want you to be turned in like i want your butt sticking out like i want 
I want you to feel like you are rooted into the earth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if that's what it f- would feel like to be there, like, I just think that that would be mm-hmm. like such a great experience. Um, and then my third one uh, is Tokyo. I feel like a lot of people think that I've been to Tokyo because we know so many people mm-hmm. who have done contracts there. Um, I've auditioned for contracts there. Um, but I've just never been, especially at the time that we knew everybody over there. I, I couldn't afford to yeah. travel to Tokyo. Um, but just the things that I hear about it from other people who have like lived there or just visited there. Um, I just think it would be such an immersion of experience yeah. that feels so unfamiliar. Right. Um, and I would love to experience that. I feel like um, Tokyo is one of those places that like is completely the antithesis. Is that mm-hmm. right? Of American culture. Yeah. Like it's just opposite, but uh-huh. in like the best way. Yeah. I feel like it would definitely be very overstimulating. But it doesn't feel overstimulating. Like it's almost like your your mind is activated to be like, I want more. I want to mm-hmm. know more, rather than being like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like Las Vegas is overstimulating oh in a bad God, sense, yeah. where like someone's puking, uh-huh. someone's stealing, someone's yeah. over there like dressed as Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see titties. Sure. Like everything's trying to grab your attention the wrong way. But I feel like Tokyo is like, there's like this harmony balance, mm. even though it's chaotic. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, my top three. Africa's on the list as mm-hmm. well. Um, because culturally it is part of me, mm-hmm. um, even though like I have history there, but no known history there. I feel like it'd be interesting to kind of like understand that. Yeah. Um, and to say what part of Africa, because I know it's a huge continent, I don't know, but I could think of going like to South Africa or like you said, Morocco mm-hmm. or like Egypt or stuff like that. Just to, like oh, Egypt, experience yeah. all of that. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it'd be really cool. So Africa's on my list. Um, Iceland is another one that I want to do just because I I hear great things about Iceland. Reykjavik. Um, yeah, Reykjavik would be nice to fly to, but like, I just hear great things. The only thing I hear is that it's expensive, so expensive, which is why I haven't done it. But um, it'd be nice to like, just like see natural beauty and yeah. its natural habitat. I should pick it up, and you should come with me. Oh my god, please on my layover, please. I yeah. would love in that. the winter. We have like four or five day Reykjaviks because. It's winter, so like we don't have a consistent flight every right. day. So you go there, and I think you're there two or three full days, and then you come back that following. Please, day. please let me know. I'll that would be so fun. I'll try and like get a week off, so just so that I can try and pick it up. And then we can like. Because then you wouldn't have to pay for a place to stay. To stay, yeah. yeah. Yes, we please. Could do, like Blue Lagoon. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Please. Oh my God, you'd be my best friend. Ew, <laughs> You'd move into the number one spot. Um, <laughs> you know, like Kyle. You can make that. You can make my top eight. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing um, is India, mm. but I say that very tentatively because I feel like people who go to India, they're like, it's that an experience. Feels yes, they're yeah. like, it's an experience, and I hesitate to say India because I don't think I would necessarily enjoy the experience. Nothing against the culture or anything, but I just think what I like as a travel experience yeah. might not naturally lend itself to that. Um, but I would want to experience it because I hear people just say that it's like one of those trips where you just have to do it. For sure. The only reason I would go is if someone who's been or knows people can plan the whole trip mm-hmm. out. Um, I was talking to my friend BJ Das, who is half Indian, mm-hmm. half white. And when she went, her mom planned the whole trip. But they have family out there, and the family knew what to avoid and where to go. And they hired a driver for their whole trip Mm. that took them around. 
and um, it was just very that. Yeah. You know? I, um, every time I see India, like, in a movie, I get stressed out watching it. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like, from the traffic, whether you're talking about, like, automobiles or people traffic, to, like, the culture of, like, everybody's just trying to get everyone to buy something uh-huh. or do something. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it feels very, like, overwhelming yes. to me. Stimulating in the wrong sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I would um, love, I would also, like, love to right. visit it once in my life. But, again, like, those could just be the um the things that keep being brought like the stereotypes mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying the to Taj Mahal's in india yeah, right? yeah yeah Taj Mahal. but like um those could be just the the negative stereotypes mm-hmm. that yeah get yeah. thrown at us so i don't think that is india when you think of it mm-hmm. but i would like to like experience it yeah. see it smell the food eat the eat the food mm-hmm. meet the culture learn about it like yeah. i think that'd be great um, so then now that we've covered what to do before the trip, what we've done on trips, mm-hmm. and then now on the back end, let's talk about travel depression Okay. to round this topic out. Yeah. Um, you brought up this term, but I think we've all experienced it. You want to explain what travel depression yeah, is? Yeah, so it's um, sort of the post-vacation depression that you get when you... Um, either get back from vacation or traveling or um, in the like day or two leading up to going back home where you know your experience is ending and you have to go back to like your day-to-day life yeah. back home. Um, and it's something that's very real for people. And I think especially is intensified when you get back from traveling and like your sleeping schedule's off. You're like putting your body through like such a big change. Right. Um because obviously when you're there, your body's going through a similar change, but you're also excited and right. you're living off the stimulation of being in somewhere in, a, in someplace new. Right. Um, or that you really want to be that you've like saved up to get to. And then going back home, you're kind of like, well, fuck, like now I have to go get groceries and I have to go mm-hmm. back to work and your sleeping schedule's off. Um, um, I don't call it travel depression. I just am depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it is that. very reminiscent I mean, of what like, depression is. I, I feel like um, because we work in the travel industry, that's just life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I get, like, depressed in the sense of, like, oh, I wish I was away. But, yeah. like, having to get back into the swing of things uh-huh. after being, like, in so many different time zones and stuff, you're just like, uh... mm-hmm. It's exhausting. <laughs> that's just life. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need a term for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just life. That's so funny. Yeah. But, um... I've experienced travel depression prior to working this job mm. because I think that with this job, because most of the expense is the flight, um, the finances of like booking mm-hmm. a flight, that when now that those finances are no longer there and really we can leave whenever we want to, yeah. it doesn't feel like, oh my God, I have to make this a great experience mm-hmm. when we do travel. Yeah. When before I would like put all this planning into it and um, save all this money and stuff. So when yeah. you come back, it's like almost like I would imagine what it's like to. Um, after a wedding, after you have oh, your right, wedding, right. or like after you like are done with the big birthday, or like you a holiday, you put everything on hold until you, because you're like, oh, I'll deal with it when I come back, yeah. and then suddenly you come back and you have this laundry list of shit yeah. that you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. like it's like Christmas is over. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But now that I like travel so often, it doesn't feel that heavy. Yeah. And a lot of times, I like am excited to get back home to get mm. back into the swing of life because I'm like, oh, I need to go back to work. Yeah, you know, have some sort of um, sense of like monotony without having to feel like you're living out of a suitcase because we Mm -hmm. do that so often yeah um and then let's help the people let's help the listeners beat jet lag so what do you do to preempt the idea of jet lag and beat it um the day that i came back from barcelona i kept myself up for i think 21 hours Mm. so like we left 
we woke up at 8 a.m. the morning that we left Barcelona, which was 2 a.m. New York time. Mm-hmm. I slept for like maybe an hour and a half, two hours on the flight just because I was like really exhausted. Um, so I took that little nap, but I, when I woke up after that nap, I was still really tired, but I was like, I don't want to sleep the whole flight because mm-hmm. I want to be able to sleep tonight. Um, so then when I got home, instead of like lying down, I unpacked everything and then I did laundry. Cause I was like, if I stop right now, I'm yeah. just going to knock out yeah. and it's like 6 PM. Yeah. Um, so I pushed myself until about 11 and then I finally got in yeah. bed. And I, at that point my body was like, fuck you. Yeah. Cause it had been like 21, 22 hours. Um, and then I slept I woke up around like 7am and I was like I was up for 21 hours I should be sleeping until you know Mm -hmm. like whenever like super late Um, but my body that week before was waking up Mm -hmm. so much earlier and Mm -hmm. we were already like way out in the day Um, so I kind of forced myself to go back to sleep for another hour or two Um, and then I got up and it's kind of like when you get on vacation they say the best thing to do is just like push through Mm -hmm. like even when you're tired like force yourself to get up because it'll keep you tired for like that night Mm -hmm. um and honestly like i know not everybody's here for this but i'm such a proponent of pills Mm. such a pill popper so like (laughs) the melatonin or the nyquil or the zquil or like whatever it is if it's gonna help me regulate my body i do it yeah but i know that's not for everybody so if you're not one of those people, I would just say to like push through and try to adjust yourself in like a natural way. Yeah. Yeah. Like to reiterate what you're saying, I feel like it's easier to stay awake than it is to force yourself to go to sleep when mm-hmm. you're not tired. Cause yes. I feel like what people do is they'll just like stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. And then, or go to sleep and then like at night they're like, oh, I, this is the time I should sleep. So they lay down uh-huh. to try to go to sleep. Your, your body's not going to fall asleep, right. right? But if you're, you are tired, you can force your body to stay mm-hmm. up. So I always feel like a good way to do jet lag is before you're going, wherever you're going to whatever time zone, look at what time it is there and try to live yes. like that yeah. on the plane, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So say if like um like going from like when i went to amsterdam uh-huh. we left two o'clock our LA time um pacific time from uh-huh. seattle and we were landing at 8 a.m in the morning mm-hmm. so the night before i knew that it was a two o'clock departure i stayed up until like 6 a.m oh so that by the time i got on the plane i was ready to go to bed because i knew i was waking up at 8 a.m yeah right but if i tried to stay up because it's two o'clock our time and then try to stay up uh-huh. or sleep on the plane I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep on the right. plane because it was 2 in the afternoon. Wait, did I say 2 a.m.? Sorry, no, it was 2 p.m. Yeah. Okay, 2 in the afternoon. Um, so I try to, like, reroute my like, right. like my sleep schedule because, again, it's easier to keep yourself awake than it mm-hmm. is to force yourself to go to sleep. Totally. And once we landed in um, Amsterdam around, like you said, 6 p.m., we were, like, mm-hmm. getting sleepy and we were like, should we just go back? And I was like, no, keep going. Yeah. Because we have to make it until at least, like, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So when you do fall asleep, you're not waking it's up like at, like, 3, 4 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And then say if you didn't preempt it and you ended up waking up at 3, wake up at 3, do your full day, but then keep trying to stay up until right. you can fall asleep at a normal hour the next right. day like don't take naps mm-hmm. at all and if you land and say you need like a really quick rejuvenated nap like say you land at seven in the morning and you've been up all night i wouldn't say go to sleep and then like yeah be like i'll just wake up when i wake up try to set only like a three four hour nap so that you feel refreshed but then you're still tired when you wake up so at least you're like waking up at like noon right. and then you're still kind of somewhat on the same yeah. thing and i think 
what is really important is like try to eat on a schedule that oh, yeah. is where you're going and then also drink a lot of water mm-hmm. a ton a ton of water just to help you regulate and to stay awake i feel like anytime i eat while i'm tired it gives me another boost of energy because mm-hmm. your body's like oh i need to digest this food so let me yeah. stay awake for a little bit yeah. but um yeah that's probably the best way to beat jet lag yeah and also just to like kind of tie all this up in terms of jet lag and that like post vacation depression give yourself something to do and to look forward to yeah so like when i came home and i was super tired i was like let me do laundry let yeah. me unpack like look let me forward do that to stuff. no no but then like in terms of Just like activities. this weekend yeah. like i knew you were coming in town right. so i was like oh cool like i'll be able to like record or like see right. brian or like make plans um and i gave myself that few days off right on that back end right. so that i could like do what i wanted right yeah well cute yeah or plan your next trip <laughs> Okay, so for in-season this week for me is, um, <laughs> it's so silly, but um, because we're on the plane and once service is over, it gets really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you need things to do. Yeah. So um, I downloaded the game Plant vs. Zombies on my phone. <laughs> it's like been my jam. Um, it's like a stupid game where you have a garden and zombies try to come and eat the plants. And um, these plants, there's like a pea shooter. Plant eating zombies. <laughs> True, vegan zombies. Yeah. And there's like, it's like such a silly game. But my brother introduced it to me like years ago, and I forgot about it. And yeah. I re-downloaded it because like since there's not internet, it's hard to play the games that like Candy Crush and stuff. Because once you like run out of lives, you have to wait like 30 minutes to get a new life to play again. Uh. And Plant vs. Zombies, you're just, like, beating levels, so you can go as fast as you want. You don't run out of lives. You just keep yeah. trying. So, in season this week for me is Plant vs. Zombies. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you said Plant vs. Zombies, it <clears throat> made me think... I've had this, like, attraction to um, greenery and plants lately. Mm. Where, like, when I went to Seattle on my layover, I, I brought sunflowers home yeah. for Edward. But uh-huh. I kind of really liked... Because I kept them at my apartment because he was leaving for a contract like yeah. two days later. So I was like, don't bring him home. I just wanted to bring you something to like wish him farewell. Yeah. But I ended up really enjoyed having them. Um, and now like I've been, I've noticed that I have um, really been attracted to seeing like greenery or plants mm. or flowers like mm-hmm. on the street whenever I pass them now. Um, and I have more of a desire than I ever had before to like bring them home and Mm. nurture them yeah plants are the thing yeah i just don't have a green thumb yet so like it's depressing watching them die (laughs) so i have to i have to steer more towards like cacti and things that don't need a lot of attention what helped me two things um the house plants that i have like humid weather but Mm -hmm. in california it gets pretty dry yeah so i set a reminder on my phone one to water Mm -hmm. it every week and what i'll do is put a big jug of like a two liter bottle of water, leave, put water in there, leave it and let it be in the sun to let mm. the chlorine, chlor, chlorine, chlorine. evaporate yeah. from it. Um, so it's a little bit healthy for the plants. But then also I get like a hairspray bottle and every day I'll just miss the plants. Oh. And you don't, I feel like it doesn't make the tips brown and it like yeah. keeps them hydrated Okay, a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. From the, the limited research I did on plants, mm. plant care. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. 
But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please review, write, subscribe, rate, share, all of the above. Yes. You can write to us on our Instagram at Fruit Snacks Pod. And you can email us at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. And if you're listening and you got to this point, just go ahead and take a screenshot of the episode, load it to your Instagram story. If you are public, we can see it and repost it on our Instagram story. We'll add a cute GIF and make it a little bit of um, some sort of buzz. Yeah. Also, um, we're in our last like 10 episodes now. Are we? Of our year mark. Yeah. Oh, we're coming up on a year. I think this is episode 44. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I never know until I actually start editing what episode this is. Yeah, so soak us up now, bitches. Soak us up. Because we're taking a break. (laughs) They don't know that. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.